You're listening to the Benchwarmers Red FM podcast, the weekly production between Benchwarmers.ie and RedFM.ie. Rory O'Hagan alongside Neville O'Donoghue, as always. Yes, Rory, how Looking are you? remarkably tanned. <laughs> Just back from Morocco. So I had oh. a, a great few days over there, so it was lovely, yes. Happy days, happy days. Right, a lot to come on the show. Um, we are going to talk about uh, the Manchester Derby in detail very, very shortly. We're also going to look back on all the weekend's Premier League action, look back in the Six Nations, and talk about Conor McGregor's next opponent. One quick thing I'd like to get in, which we probably won't get to time to talk about in the show, is congrats to Jason Day winning the Earl Palmer invitation. Uh, I didn't get. To, I watched a small bit of old last night, and uh, he's a quality golfer. He's up to second now as well in the world, displacing Rory McIlroy. So uh, he looks like a proper proper golfer. I was love watching that guy yeah. perform. But now we are joined on the I'm by Keith from Blue Moon Rising TV, the uh, biggest Manchester City unofficial fan channel. And I imagine a quite annoyed and disappointed Keith following yesterday's performance in the Manchester Derby. Yeah, definitely. Um, pretty gutting, I think. Obviously, uh, any football fan worth the name football fan knows that it's one of the toughest videos to take leading to your biggest rivals. And I think the way we did, uh, it wasn't the most rallying performance. It was a difficult, it was a difficult afternoon. Um... We'll talk about the game in just a little bit more detail shortly, but first off, it's just something that I think people are starting to pick up on, is that since Pep Guardiola has been confirmed as the Man City boss, the performances have gone down and down and down. Yeah, uh, I can agree with that. I think since January, we've just been... You know, we're Manchester City. You look at the players we've got in the squad. You look at the players we fielded yesterday. You know, Silva, Aguero, Torre, Sterling, Navas, top-quality players, and we just can't seem to perform... And it, it does seem that there's, there's something wrong with the mentality more than the playing squad or the ability or the tactics. It just seems to be, you know, as soon as we go a goal down, people start looking around at each other a bit nervous. And there's definitely something going on in the dressing room. But if I'm honest, beyond that, I mean, beyond January, before the Guardiola announcement, he's starting to look towards, I think it was about October time, we went away to Tottenham Hotspur and we got, we, we got punished. Uh, we went to Aston Villa and we drew 0-0. You know, the results were poor throughout the season I think we've not we've not played well since September October time and it's actually it's it, that's what's alarming is it would be really nice if we could say oh it's just a Guardiola thing and as soon as Guardiola arrives in July it'll all be better but it does seem that actually these problems might be a little bit deeper and Guardiola's got more of a job on his hands than maybe we first thought well therefore does the blame lie on Pellegrini's doorstep <sighs> I don't I don't want to blame Pellegrini but <laughs> it might it looks that way doesn't it I think there's definitely something going on in the dressing room. Um, I mean, who do you blame? Is it? I think there's certain players in the squad that um, I wouldn't have wanted around the squad. Players like Yaya Torre. I think Yaya's come good over the last four or five games and he's really turned it on. But it was someone who looked like he didn't want to be around the team and didn't look as interested. Um, and we did look just generally across the squad like we lost a little bit of fire. We lost a little bit of that passion that drives you on to win trophies uh, and less interested. There's, there's a number of little factors. I think that this whole idea that we were talking about the quadruple for so long, trying to compete on four fronts, losing Aguero in November was a big one. But I think Pellegrini, as a manager, has to take some responsibility. Surely, doesn't he? Yeah, I would have thought so because I mean, like, the performances have slipped under his watch, and it's his job to get the best out of the team, which he's clearly not doing. Maybe he's just been disinterested. Maybe he's pissed off with the way he's been treated with the whole Guardiola thing. Well, of course, yeah, exactly. Because you know, Pellegrini is a top football manager. He's managed some of the biggest clubs in the world. Um, with, with a pretty decent track record but uh, and when somebody comes in and says oh well you know in nine months you're going to be replaced I presume he could read all the papers and hear about it and everyone says that they shouldn't have announced that Guardiola was coming in but the alternative was just 
every time City got beaten, every time City won, it was always Pep Guardiola was in the papers. It was getting mentioned: is he coming? Is he not coming? And that is just as damaging as it is announcing that he is coming. I think with Pellegrini, what I would have hoped was that that would the Guardiola announcement would have triggered Pellegrini to really push on and give a kind of golden goodbye and win a trophy or and to motivate himself to go and earn himself a second job. Uh, but it's not all that way at all. It has been detrimental to our season. Just getting back to yesterday, Dimichelis, I suppose, has been made the scapegoat uh, for that poor performance yesterday, but he's not the only one who has uh, who, who can take the blame because from 1 to 11, I think City were poor for 90 minutes. Oh, I disagree. I disagree from 1 to 11. I think the word definitely for performances. Um, for me, I thought Gail Clichy and Bakary Sanya <laughs> kept us in the game defensively. Mm. Um, Elikin Mangala was someone that uh, City fans have uh, it's been a little bit of a flop I think you could say we've spent something ridiculous like 40 million on him and he's not like a 40 million tons half all season um, and you've got betting in times and all the rest of it but it is starting to look like it's not going to come good and yesterday I thought he played well um, I think the reason Demichelis is scapegoated is that we look to Demichelis as a player who's 35 years old who's played in the Champions League who's played for Bayern Munich and he's there as an experienced head he's not, he's not there to be a pacey defender or, or, or the technically the best defender but his decision making cost us big time yesterday um, it cost us the Rashford goal uh, it nearly gave United a second um, you know and a couple of times put Joe Hart in danger and you think well hang on a minute we're meant to be a Champions League club we shouldn't have defenders that, 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 that make poor decisions as frequently as Demichelis which I think is why he came under that stick mm. but I thought whilst our performance was was not ideal yesterday it wasn't you know we can certainly play better than we did mm. I don't think we were as poor as people make out you know we still had the most possession we created 26 chances whilst our finishing was pretty woeful it's actually what was quite I quite like to see was that we had people all over the pitch that seemed to care about the derby players that you wouldn't expect someone like Navas getting emotional uh, and putting a shift in mm. it was the one <laughs> this really is scraping the bottom of the barrel but <laughs> the one positive that I could take from it was actually with 11 players out there that looked interested in the derby and looked to kind of appreciate what it meant to the fans mm. as opposed to in years past we've had players that just want to pick up the paycheck and I think that's that was at the very very least but it was at least nice to see um, Daniel Taylor has tweeted and uh, you guys at Blue Moon Rising TV have just uh, retweeted that um, a stat that Man City have 51 points from 30 games which is their worst in the last five years which I suppose tells its own story of the season you've had yeah, definitely. It's, um, it's, I think perhaps since 2008, this has been the most disappointing season uh, in, in the Shape Man sort era, uh, for sure. I mean, there's so many statistics like that you can pull out. We've not won back-to-back league games since October. Um, there was a period of three months where we didn't win away in the Premier League. Uh, we've not taken three points off the top six sides in the Premier League this season. You know, It's just... Uh, it's a bit embarrassing to be honest given the squad that we've got given the money that we've spent um, and it has definitely been a step backwards but you've got to take a step backwards to go forward and hopefully this summer this will trigger a shake up with a couple of the the players that maybe aren't performing as well on their way out and a bit of new blood coming in um, Squawker uh, has released this morning that apparently there's a done deal for Pogba for £85 million pounds. Um you shouldn't be able to say £85 million pounds that easily. But someone like Pogba to come in and really shake it up, looking at a great A player maybe in the summer, give it a new lease of life, that would be brilliant. But it's a sombre day to be a City fan because it just you look at our mm. season and it just seems to be falling apart. And even though I'd still say we are 
favourites over United and West Ham to finish fourth, we could easily um, mess that up. And we could, what happens if we go to Bournemouth in two weeks and we get beaten at Bournemouth because they're playing really well at home? Mm. What if we go to St James's Park and we get done there? What if Stoke nick a point off us at home, which they're more than capable of? And you're looking at it and go, hang on a minute, we were going to win the quadruple this year. <laughs> yeah, just on Pogba, I reckon that 85 million quid will look like a bargain in a few years. If he does sign, he looks like a quality, quality player. Yeah, I think um, Pogba seems to be one of those players of the next level. I remember when City played Juventus earlier in the season and Pogba came and bossed the show. Mm. Uh, and just watching him and thinking, that's how Yaya Torre would have played in this game five years ago. Uh, when he was really at his peak and he was scoring goals for fun and creating chances and dominating the midfield. And he did, but you've got to remember that Pogba's still so young uh, and has a maturity that's just terrifying because, you know, he plays like the error. And what, and what happens in, in a decade when he's got the error's experience, how good's he going to be then? It's one of these that with inflation, you think £85 million, pounds, just pay it now, just pay it now. Um, is there much excitement on the terraces for Guardiola's arrival? Yeah, definitely. I think there's, there's some people now that are just starting to say uh, more and more, roll on next season, wait until Guardiola, wait until July. Uh, because that's the one, the hope we've got now, is that, all right, we won the League Cup this year, and we are in the quarterfinals of the Champions League, let's not forget. So there is chance for us to save our season. If we made the semi-final of the Champions League, uh, and we guaranteed four, I think people will probably take that. But that's it now. I think in Guardiola, it, it's the promised lands and his fantastic record. You can't deny that. In my mind, he's the best manager in the world. Um, you know, he's got a fantastic record. And the players that would play for Guardiola, I think there are players that we um, would only play for him now. I think players like Thiago at Bayern Munich already followed him from Barcelona. And someone like that would probably not be available to us uh, if it wasn't Guardiola. So we've got a very, very exciting summer ahead, a difficult two months in front mm. of that. Yeah, Alex, I suppose I just have two questions really if I draw a match. Is, um the top four, it's probably still very much in your favour. Like I, I still think Man United will slip up again, but you can't really slip up. You still have that point advantage. But I suppose yeah. you'd want to be worried about West Ham as well. And uh, then finally, the second part of that question is uh, PSG. Big game. Talk to us about that as well. Okay, so um, yeah, I think we are favourites for fourth. Um, I, I agree with you. I think that. We are, we're, you know, it's still in our hands. We're still, we're still points to West Ham United. Yeah. Um, you've got to remember that Manchester United is just like a big spider. Um, it's more frightened of you than you are of it um, yeah. this season. Because they went into the derby yesterday thinking they were going to get beaten. And yeah. their form has been just as bad as ours. So we probably can rely on United slipping up at least once. Yeah. Um, and the games that we've got, I think, are probably an easier running than theirs. You know, Bournemouth, Stoke, West Brom. Um, but, you know, it's typical city to mess that up. The PSG game... It's one of the better, better draws that could have come out. Um, yeah. Although they've now got nothing to play for in the French League. I think they've, they've won it with eight games to go. Yeah. Um, they've got a fantastic squad, you know, with players like Ibrahimovic. Can certainly do some damage. And it's going to be, I think, in my opinion, a really classic Champions League night. Two squads of a similar level uh, competing in the Champions League. And it's what European football is all about. And I'm really looking forward to it. Um, could it disrupt our season? Could it stop us from getting fourth place? Probably, um, and it's probably <laughs> come at the wrong time. Especially, you know, you, you hope that the league would top four would be guaranteed by this point, but that's not the case. It's, it's a difficult one. I think the best ending to the season, it, it, but, but it would be the greatest ending to any season, would be if we finished fifth and won the Champions League and we took fourth spot off Manchester United. <laughs> um, that's not going to happen. 
I know that's not going to happen. I don't want people to say, oh, this guy's a loser. Uh, I know we're almost definitely not going to win the Champions League. Yeah. Um, and we can't rely on that. So but, I think fourth place first, and then we start worrying about PSG and qualifying for the next round of the Champions do League. Do you think, like, I look, I don't think you can win the Champions League either with the form Barcelona are in, I think, and I think Madrid and um, Bayern Munich are probably that bit better. But do you think you can beat PSG? I think we can, yeah. I think uh, playing away first as well um, puts it into our hands now. If we can go sneak an away goal um, and hold them for 90 minutes, yeah. which I, I don't think is too much to ask for, and then to bring them back to the Etihad and make it really difficult for them, um, and, and we can grind that out. But we've got to start scoring goals first. Uh, and Gigi said, no, we've not scored a competitive goal in 270 minutes. Yeah. Um, I don't think you can win the Champions League nil-nil. So... You know, oh man! Every time you say it out loud, it just sounds worse. Well, I think yeah, I don't think we are going to win the Champions League, and I know that. I think if we beat a club like PSG in the next round, I think it shows that actually we can do it in Europe, uh, and we can compete with the big boys. And we are one of those teams. And I'm looking at I'm looking at Bayern Munich. I think that will be an epic draw because of the Pellegrini versus um, Guardiola debacle. Yeah. And then I think if someone like Real Madrid came out, I think the way Real Madrid have got this season is whilst they've got all those solid goal players. They've got dressing room problems and they're not quite 100. percent Yeah. And if we drew Barcelona, well, Barcelona, I think, are probably the best team in the world. Probably one of the best sides we've ever seen. Um, I don't think anyone could beat Barcelona over two legs, yeah. in my opinion. So it's yeah, Champions League another level. Yeah. Um. Just finally, before we let you go, Alex, about your uh, your your channel, Blue Moon TV Rising. Um. I suppose. These are the most. Uh, these these channels are after coming very popular. You can see Alec, Arsenal fan TV, the full time Devils, and I suppose you're the Manchester City equivalent. How are you doing, yeah, and how are you getting on with your your setup now? Sorry, say that again for me. Sorry. <coughs> how are you how are you progressing, and how's your channel doing? Is it how many subscribers you up to, and what's your long term goal? I suppose, and how did it all start? Um, yeah, we don't really have long term goals other than just kind of continue producing good content. Uh, so we do a lot of fun stuff. Uh, we do like fan cams after every game, getting live reactions, that kind of thing. Um, but lots of kind of fun stuff. So lots of like FIFA previews, that kind of stuff. So there's stuff for everyone. Yeah. Um, I guess you could say we are the equivalent to Arsenal fan TV or Full Time Devils. Uh, we only started a couple of years ago, so we're up to like fifty thousand subscribers now and that sort of thing. Oh, yeah. um, so it's grown really nicely and it's a really enjoyable little channel. Uh, Blue Moon Rising TV on YouTube or BM Rising TV on Twitter. That's great. Um, thanks, for, thanks for having me, boys. Really yeah, cheers, uh, cheers for talking to us, and we wish you the best luck for the the rest of the season ahead. Cheers, it's been a pleasure. Um, uh, yeah, thank you very much. Thanks, Alex. Very grateful. Cheers, boys. Cheers, thanks, Alex. Okay, that was Alex from Blue Moon Rising TV. Not a happy man following yesterday's win for United in the Manchester Derby. One man who is incredibly happy with that result is our resident Man United fan, Aidan O'Sullivan, who joins us on the line. Aidan, how are you, sir? I'm very good, especially after that result. Um, fantastic result for United, but I have to feel for Demichelis. I think he had a bit of a mare, didn't he, on the day? <laughs> it, reminded me, it reminded me of my AUL career when I used to play in defence, <laughs> just falling over my arse and making a tit of myself. Well, I mean, Rashford, for, um, for such a young player, I mean, 18 years of age, really showed his head. He was just so cool and calm, and he does Demichelis outside the box, takes it inside and just... Slips it into the net effortlessly. It was a fantastic goal from from Rashford. He really, really making an impact. Yeah, he it? really looks the part. I mean, like he was just thrown in out of nowhere, scored four goals in his first two games, and now he looks like a, a legitimate superstar. 
And he doesn't seem to be under that much pressure because after that goal, uh, Demetrius, you know, had a bit of a go at him. He tried to kind of upset him. And it just didn't seem to work. I mean, this guy, you know, he's got all the attributes to be a really, really good player. And if he's doing it at this age at a club like Manchester United, then I think the future's bright for him, you know? I was having a conversation with a Man United fan this morning and he was worried that if United um, kept on winning games and putting in decent enough performances, that Louis van Gaal would still be there next season. (laughs) That you mean that they're going to get... So good that they're going to have to keep him on, is it? Perhaps, yeah. I mean, like you beat Man, you beat your rivals in the derby. I mean, like it's going to give you um, a bit more leeway. Yeah, look, I think um, I think it's, it's all about the top four now for for Van Gaal and obviously the FA Cup as well. But you know, City did have some chances as well in the game. You know, Aguero had a header that hit the post. And, you know, should Smalling have seen red? What, what do you think? Was that a red card for Smalling? Uh, I'm not entirely sure because I can't even remember the instant. At this point, I've watched so much sport over the weekend. But um, what did you think of it? Yeah, it's, you know, I, I think the first yellow is, is definitely a yellow. The second one, I think um, Aguero goes down really, really easy. And I That's think for that him. reason, the, the referee kind of left him off at it, really. But, I mean, look, United had only five shots. But conversely, uh, shouldn't United have had a penalty as well when Rashford was taken down? Yeah, I think you could you could, you could argue that. Yeah, I think there's, there, there, there's far and against it. But interesting selection from Van Gaal yesterday. Um, he played Lingard in, in, in the kind of the number 10 role. Mm. And Lingard really shone in that position. Obviously, you had Rashford um, up front on his own, and he'd won Mata out on the right. But it definitely seemed to work out. And one player who stood out for me as well yesterday was Michael Carrick. Um, he played uh, in a defensive role, but he does a lot of sweeping up, and obviously his passes are very, very accurate. So, look, I mean, it, it's a brilliant win for United, to be honest with you, um, and it keeps the top four uh, places alive, you know? Right, lads, what do we make of um, this story that broke a couple of days ago that... Um Mourinho has signed a pre-contract deal with United guaranteeing him X amount of money if he's not appointed by May and X amount of money if he's not appointed by June. Neville, any truth in that, do you think? Well, I'd go along with your summary here on the show a few weeks ago. I'd say it's a done deal already. They're mm. just waiting um, They're waiting to crash Man City's party when Pep arrives. I'd, <laughs> I'd say it's a done deal. Like, uh, you're going on about Van Gaal there. I might give him leeway. I don't think it will because looking at... I had a quick look at the fixtures before I came in here this morning and it's still very much in Man City's favour. They're a point ahead, but I still think United... I think they have Everton next. Like, I still, I still think United will... Make a balls of it. Um, <laughs> I I I, th- I think it's cities to win, but um, yeah, I think I think it's a done deal with Mourinho. Like every media outlet is coming up with it now, like you know. So well, they all copy each other. To be fair, like as soon as one yeah. person goes for it, they all go for it. Convenient true. enough. Sky sources have reported yeah. that. Yada yada yada. What do you think, Eden? I think it's a done deal as well. I think even if Van Gaal wins the FA Cup, and even if he does finish in the top four. I think uh, yeah. Jose Mourinho will be the next Manchester United manager. I'm not sure about the you know deals beforehand X amount of money this and X amount of money that but what, whatever happens I think Van Gaal is a dead man walking they're not going to give it to Ryan Giggs I don't believe the only thing about Mourinho is we still have this um, rumour that Alex Ferguson and Bobby Charlton are just not happy to give Mourinho the job but I think overall uh, I think he, he's the main man he's the only man and never makes a good point about spoiling Pep's party I think I, mean, I yeah. think that's vital the, the timing of it is going to be vital so look it's a done deal I think he's the new man coming in no matter what Van Gaal does this year Well you say about Charlton and Ferguson not being happy with Mourinho they were happy with Moyes and Van Hal being appointed and look where that's left them Exactly but the thing about Ferguson is he doesn't like Mourinho because obviously he has first hand experience of Mourinho <laughs> and how Mourinho I thought they were friends yeah. weren't they didn't they share like bottles of wine and stuff after matches like towards the end of Fergie's career 
But why did Ferguson then not give him the job when Mourinho wanted the job at the time of David Moyes? They know? should have given it to him yeah. then. It was it was ridiculous. Definitely, I think I think they, they I think Mourinho wanted it. I mean, he, he went on TV after and gave interviews saying, "No, no, he really wanted to go to Chelsea." But you know, he was touting for that job all the time. But apparently, it was Ferguson and Bobby Charlton, and now it's Ferguson and Bobby Charlton again. They just I, I think what they are is they're afraid that the old Mourinho will come back out. I think he's going to have to give assurances to the club and to the board that you know. He's a bit of a firebrand, but he's not going to continue on like that. And, you know, he, he, he has to obviously get points, make the club successful, but <laughs> he has to kind of watch his temperament and watch the way he carries on as well. All right, that's enough United One talk, talk for one podcast. Let's talk about Leicester. Um, the fairy tale continuing. They remain five points clear after the weekend's game, heading to Crystal Palace, who were in free fall, but it's always a tricky fixture. And again, Leicester not playing particularly well, but getting all three points. Yeah, I thought um, I thought Crystal Palace would have done him here because it'd be typical Alan Pardew and they had to go to Crystal Palace, as I said. But um, Crystal Palace have been very disappointing in the last few weeks. They were very unlucky against Liverpool, in fairness, uh, last week. But um, yeah, look, it's seven games to go. It's it's very much in Leicester's favour now. It's seven games to go and they, only, they can afford to lose one, one game. So they really have to win six games and they have it. But uh, looking at the fixtures... Um, it's very much in Leicester's favour. They got a good run in, but one thing that I was thinking about today is that if you've learned anything from sport or the Premier League, that it's not over till it's over. You just have to worry about yourself and keep knocking the games off. But uh, having said that, Crystal Palace, they're in the relegation zone now. They're slipping into it, and they've been very disappointed. I reckon I'll go all the way down to uh, the last game of the season uh, when when Leicester go to Chelsea. Imagine that, yeah. and uh, Tottenham go to Newcastle. So Newcastle could be fighting for their lives. Um, that looks a, a tough one for Tottenham and Leicester going to Chelsea. I don't think any team is uh, anyone's going to lie down under uh, goose hitting there at Chelsea. So uh, I is, reckon it's going to go all the way. This is why we love the league, though, isn't it? You know, it's going to go right down to the wire, and this way it should be every year. Yeah, really looking forward to that. Tottenham though just won't bugger off. I mean, like they had um, a really good win over Bournemouth at the weekend. Never really got out of second gear either while doing it uh, to remain five points behind. Behind Harry Kane scoring twice. Does anybody not have Harry Kane as their captain of fantasy football? I know. <laughs> I certainly don't. I've gone with Aguero the last couple of weeks. That's gone really well. Nice one, Sergio. Uh, but just Tottenham, they look um, comfortable. They look like they know what they're doing. They look fit. They look They look hungry. Um, they just won't go away, Eden, will they? Yeah, brilliant result for them against uh, Bournemouth. Again, as you say, five points behind. Harry Kane again, superb, you know. Um, the first goal, I suppose, was the slightest of touches, you can say, in the box, but he was there to get on the end of it. And then another great goal after 16 minutes. But it's this, I think, this kind of telepathic um, play that he's got with Deli Ali. You know, he's there for the assist as well with uh, Harry Kane. And Harry Kane himself was, was fantastic. You know, he had some nice dinks, he had some nice through balls. They're playing really, really well. Ericsson, I thought, was, was really good as well. So those three players are really really performing at a top level and as you say they won't go in they're, they're, they're keeping the pressure on, on, on Leicester which is the way we want it we want to see it coming down to the wire I suppose everybody I think Leicester are the people's champions really I think if you're a neutral <laughs> everyone, everyone wants to yeah. see Leicester doing it but if you're a Spurs fan you have to say this is their year they have to do it they're playing so well we're, we're still waiting for Leicester to slip up maybe they won't you know look at the, look at the fixtures with Leicester have they've got Southampton Sunderland West Ham Swansea then they've got Manchester United Everton and Chelsea so, you know, there are they are going to draw points, but can Spurs keep the pressure on them right till the end? It's win-win for England, really, you know. All these, yeah. like, where are they going to fit Rooney in the team come the Euros? You know, Harry Kane, all these fellas, even, um, 
what's the striker for Sunderland? They won't bring him, but uh, is it? Um, can't think his name. Defoe, isn't it? Yeah. Like he scored a goal yesterday. England are going to be a serious outfit in the Euros. You know, it's it's win-win for Roy Hodgson sitting back watching it. All right, so it's five points the gap between Spurs and uh, Leicester. Going to hear now from Mauricio Pochettino. He says they need to narrow the gap quickly. It's true that they they have a good advantage, but we need to try to to fight and believe. Uh, we need to believe. This is the most important thing: never give up and and try to be ready for competing in the next few games and try to re- reduce the gap. Well, that was Spurs, but uh, Mauricio Pochettino. Uh, just a quick word on Bournemouth, lads. Uh, they've had a fantastic season, uh, regardless of what happens. They're not going to get relegated. Uh, they are currently sitting, I think, is it 12th in the table following uh, the weekend's action. Uh, Eddie Howe's done a fantastic job with them. He uh, has. 13th, actually, sorry. Yeah, no, they're, they're safe now. I would say maybe one more win will guarantee it totally, but uh, they've had a great season. Um, I don't know, will they survive next next year? I think it might have been just a one-season wonder. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, look, credit where credit is due. They've had an excellent season. They've got a great chairman there. And, uh, yeah, hopefully they can build on it. Two more points to the magic 40-point mark, which is what they say everyone needs to avoid relegation. Uh, just a quick word on uh, Southampton's incredible comeback yesterday. Liverpool 2-0 up and cruising. And Southampton, where did that come from? Yeah, in fairness, Liverpool are always good for the laugh. <laughs> That's what's putting up yesterday. <laughs> Liverpool fans are not going to like oh, that. But like, you know, that was gut wrenching to be doing it up. You know, but it's typical Mark Hughes, a man that's been overlooked for Man United for the main job. He's a winner, you know, and he just doesn't give up on uh, on lost causes. And he just well, it's Ronald Koeman in charge of Southampton. Oh, gee, oh, sorry. Close enough. <laughs> Stoke, sorry. <laughs> You're thinking of Stoke. My bad, right? My bad. It was uh, a good point, though. Well made, and you were passionate about it. It was yeah, just completely yeah. wrong. I know, but look, sorry. For some reason, I get, they're both red and white, so will excuse me there. Well, Stoke beat Watford. That was a big result. Yeah. As well. but look, uh, look, Southampton. They're uh, they're an excellent side. I I think they got Shane Long there. They got John Big John Walters. You know, they got some good players. And uh, yeah, you know, again that Stoke as well, John Walters. Jeez, oh, look, Neville, I know. You, look, come here, come here, come here, come here. I know you were on holiday now last week, right? Oh, uh, and you're just getting back into work <laughs> now. But that's inexcusable. Yeah, Aiden, look, what do you have to say about this? Skip past me drunk, for this Neville, one. Are you drunk at the moment. <laughs> I might add a few over pennies, yeah, you'll have to excuse me. But um well, No look well, yeah, I, my opinion is out the window this How does he so recover from this? Yeah, I mean, like how do we take what this guy's to take seriously from no one? Yeah. He's gotta come back. He's gotta come back. I think you know, another person that was uh, a bit tipsy was was Klopp um <laughs> at the weekend. What did you make of the telling off of Ben Teke in the middle of the park? What do you think of that? Well, first off, I just want to make a point about his uh, pre-match press conference when he came out in a Beatles t-shirt completely pandering to the Liverpool crowd. It's like, you're a professional. Wear, like, you know, your your club colours at a press conference. All right, you're a Beatles fan. Oh, wow, you're so quirky. Oh, the Liverpool fans will love me. That really annoyed me for some reason. Yeah, that was a bit stupid, right? Like, wasn't it? Like, he just he put that on. It was obvious what he was doing there, putting that on. Like, oh, you know? fine, oh, completely. But hashtag the normal one. The, the people buying into the normal one. He's about as normal as like no <laughs> someone who's not know, normal. Yeah. But like, uh, no, yesterday was a bad one to, for Liverpool. Though. Two nil up, as Roy Keane said when Ireland were two nil up against Holland. You can't let it like, fellas. You can't let a lead slip like that, you know. And it was just it was very poor over Liverpool yesterday. Yeah, it was poor enough indeed. All right, and at the bottom end of the table, um, Sunderland. Newcastle playing on a draw which helps neither side um, so they both remain in the relegation zone the best thing about that was celebration no, no. I was going to say Rafa Benitez wearing Cartman socks oh yeah 
right, yeah. But you think, uh, Rory, what's your opinion? Do you think either of them will survive? I don't think so. No. Uh, I wouldn't be upset to see either of them go down either, to be perfectly yeah. honest. I do like Norwich, I have to say, so I'd like to see them still. No, Crystal Palace could still be dragged into this the way they're sinking like a stone. They can, but I don't think they will with, with the type of man Pardew is. But um, I was looking again at the fixtures, and it's not over till it's over. I think the relegation is going to go right down to the wire as well. I still, I still give Newcastle and Sunderland a chance to get out of there. Like Big Sam's an expert at this, and they got Rafa now, so you know it's it's not over. All right, lads. Uh, before we move away from the football talk, it's international week. Does anybody care? <laughs> There, there's the, there you go. Yeah. Nobody cares about Ireland's friendly against Switzerland on Friday. Nobody. I would like. I suppose they have to put in a good shift. Like they have Switzerland on Friday and Slovenia, isn't it? And uh, Tuesday. I, I don't think. know. It shows you how much I care about <laughs> I these know. two upcoming fixtures. And England are playing Germany as well. So you know, there's. I'm not sure who Wales are playing now, but yeah, look. In fairness, the Premier League is so exciting; it's hard to compete. This way, international football is. You know, yeah. it's take second place. But uh, no, there'll be some good fixtures at the weekend and join uh, next week then as well. Like, so it'll be worth to watch all the same. Yeah, know? I don't even know who's playing this week. To be perfectly honest, I know yeah. that Ireland are playing Switzerland, and that's about as far as my interest goes in international football. Yeah. Uh, it has to be said. All right, uh, that's pretty much it for us today, folks. Um, thank you very much indeed for uh, tuning in to us on the Benchwarmers Red FM podcast. Uh, we'll be back next Monday afternoon um, talking about all that wonderful international football are you excited guys <laughs> I can't wait I, can't wait. I, suppose, I suppose the only thing on, on a serious note was that Jonathan Walters won the player of the year I think that was um, that was richly deserved wasn't it he's been outstanding Walters yeah and Shane Long getting the goal of the year one, award as well to surprise no one one thing that I'd like to put to the two of you I know I know it's off the football but uh, it looks like McGregor, McGregor could be fighting Diaz again what do you reckon I don't care Genuinely, I was really excited to see him fight Frankie Edgar. Yeah. I don't want to see him fight Diaz again, especially so soon, because I reckon Diaz will beat him again. What do you think, Eden? Yeah, I was really hoping hoping for an Aldo rematch, actually. I thought, I thought that was the fight that he would take. Uh, I think Diaz, it's a dangerous move. I know, you know he wants to get back in the octagon as, as, as quickly as possible and, uh, and, and get over that defeat, but Diaz is just so dangerous. I'm... I'm, I, I don't know. I think I think Aldo would have been the bigger fight. I think I think like a, a title fight would have been better for UFC 200. What do you reckon? Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, like that's. I'm actually disappointed in it because I was looking forward. To, I just said I would love to have seen Aldo as well, like you know. But I was really hoping to see McGregor Viegger because I love me yeah. some Frank Yeager. I think everybody who watches the UFC likes Frank Yeager. Um, so it's disappointed not to see it. But obviously, look, this is where the money's been made in a rematch with uh, Nate Diaz. This is what McGregor wants. This is what the UFC yeah. wants. It's obviously what Diaz wants because he'll get a shit ton of money for it. What do you think? Yeah. Um, I suppose just finally the rugby at the weekend, lads. Uh, Aidan, I suppose, what was your opinion? Ireland finished it off strong. England won the Grand Slam. Yeah, it was. Um, it was a. Uh, I suppose it was an energetic display from Ireland. Really, you have to say um, they were up tempo um, against you know a good a good Scottish team. But some of I thought some of the tries were fantastic. I thought the. Um, the CJ Stander try was brilliant. Was He's like, brilliant. You know, the NFL. I love CJ Stander. Yeah. Everybody loves CJ CJ yeah. Stander. He's yeah, a future lines at yeah, he's been brilliant. You know, he he comes into the side, and he's been really, really passionate. You know, his ball carrying ability is has been there with Munster all season. Even though Munster haven't been going maybe as good as they'd like to have gone, but uh, but I mean, actually, the whole back row was was fantastic. Jamie Heaslip, I think, was rejuvenated. He was very he was very very good. Yeah. Um, and Tommy O'Donnell was good as well. So I think they they yeah. set the platform for what was a really really impressive performance um, from Ireland. And I think I suppose third in the table. Uh, you know, yeah. after winning it last two times, I think that's kind of as as, as much as they get out of this. Yeah. Really. So, 
started off poorly but you know ended up with some good performances and, and just a word on England lads because yeah. they've been fantastic throughout the Six Nations and to be honest deserve Grand Slam champions yeah, I was going to say, are any you going to give them credit for credit as a Jew? No, it's definitely Jew, and they deserve it. <laughs> yeah, no, England, uh, they they were. Look, you don't want to. I think their last Grand Slam was two thousand and five. I think, um, but uh, look, the or twenty eleven. Sorry, I think it was. But um, <clears throat> look, yeah, you don't win a Grand Slam for nothing. They've. Uh, I think Vinopola has been unreal. I think. Uh, uh, George Ford I think is it and um, you the other out after Blaze in the centre his name escapes me but England have been immense and I think a word special word as well for Chris Robshaw who got dropped to the camp- captaincy and I think he's been immense as well through the Six Nations but uh, England deserve full credit yeah, for Yeah look, look look where they were six months ago you know yeah. um, out of the World Cup like their own World Cup at the group stages you know tactically not there not a, not a happy camp overall they've waited 13 years for a, for a Grand Slam and they were, you know, to go to Paris and to win in Paris is, is, is no easy task. So, you know, well-deserved Grand Slam champions, definitely overall. Great tournament. All right, that is it for the Benchwarmers podcast. For Actually, the... I, have, I have one final question for Neville before we go. <laughs> I've had two outros now ruined by you two. <laughs> go on, anyway. This is important. Jonathan Walters, Neville, won the... Um, the player of the year does he play for Stoke or did he play for Southampton <laughs> <laughs> right. I know he plays for Stoke yes so. <laughs> but, uh, uh, all right that's it from the Bench Warmers Red FM podcast you can follow Bench Warmers on social media yeah BE Warmers across everything yeah. follow Corks Red FM um, on Twitter at Corks Red FM you can follow the sports show at Big Red Bench and because Hayden's not on Twitter just follow him around Cork if you know where he lives Dude. if you want to know we'll tell you send us a DM all right we are back next week we are off to teach Neville the difference between Stoke and Southampton enjoy the rest of your day folks (laughs)